Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Another episode of WA Expose, a podcast about local arts by local artists. I'm your host, Aria Scarlett, with the privilege of recording this podcast on Wajak Noongar Buja. Risking it all for your art is a neat way to sum up the experience of today's guest. A catacall audition in 2016 rocketed her to the Moulin Rouge stage in Paris, the ultimate culmination for most dancers. This leggy legend then decided to take these incredible skills straight back home and cemented herself in the local scene. Perth sages have since been graced by her performance, creativity, and choreography. You've undoubtedly come into contact with her skill in front of or side of stage, incorporating everything under her belt into a neo-burlesque style, which continues to stun audiences. Lot a little more quickly has become a local staple. And today, the beautiful face is sitting right across from me. How are you, Lotta? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Oh, bonjour, <laughs> bonjour, like bonjour, bonjour. <laughs> I love that. That was like. A beautiful, awkward way to say it. <laughs> but why dance? Well, basically, I had no choice. Explain. <laughs> That's so, like an ultimatum. <laughs> there was a knife at my throat. I had no option. I had absolutely no choice. <laughs> so when I was born, my mom basically just knew I was going to be a dancer. Wow. She just felt it in her core. She's like, my girl, she's going to be a dancer. So her friend owned a dance studio local to us. So my mum enrolled me in tap, jazz and ballet when I was two years old. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And I actually have a photo of my first ever dance class and Mm. no joke, have this tiny little leotard on with a nappy and a blankie (gasps) and like all my hair just in this tiny little ponytail. It was really cute. Minimal hair, lots of elastic. Yes. Uh, And I'm a twin. So my twin brother did it as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, when I we got to four years old, I was like, this is what I'm doing. Apparently, I was adamant I was going to the Royal Ballet. Wow. So I was four. Wow. Um, <laughs> Goals. <laughs> we love a four-year-old with intention. Yeah, do she, they even make ballet shoes that little? Yes, they do. I still have them. Wow. My mom has my first pair of ballet shoes and Aww. my first pair of point shoes. Oh, that's really cute. Yes, and she has my first ever costume. Mm. So she's kept everything. Uh, adorable hoarding. We love it. Yeah. Really adorable hoarding. So yeah, I, when I was little, I was obsessed with Angelina Ballerina Mm. and I just wanted to be a ballerina so bad. I think my brother got to five years old. He was like, nah, I don't want to do it. I'm not into it. So it was just me. Um, and then, yeah, I ended up changing dance schools. I went to a really strict ballet school because my mom was like, okay, if you want to do this, Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so she's always been super, super supportive. And I'm always, whenever I talk about dance, very grateful mm. to my mom. So, yeah, I was at school and then attending ballet school pretty much every day after school. Wow. And then when I got to 13 years old, I 
did one day a week full time. Mm-hmm. So I ended up being in high school only four days a week wow. and doing a 12-hour ballet day. Is it hard to like still have that high school experience if you're not there as frequently? Oh, well, it completely changed. I got to 14 years old and I left high school completely. Wow. I trained full time at the Charlesworth Ballet Institute yep. and then I completed my high school education, but I did it through distance education. Yep. So I was fully committed to dance and the whole time I loved it. I definitely had a lot of experiences and I questioned it every now and then, but yeah. there was something that was always driving me. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Okay. So doing distance education and doing full-time ballet, you basically had like two full-time jobs at, yeah. at 14 because that's like, yeah. that's literally two workloads immediately. Do you think that that's like forced you to mature a lot quicker? Because a lot of people that I know who have seen you perform Go like when they know how old you are, they're very, very shocked to know that like, you've had all of these incredible experiences so young. Yeah, I do find people are quite shocked if my age gets brought up. I'm 24 now, um, but started working professionally as a dancer as soon as I turned 19. Mm. Uh, so as soon as I completed my high school education and graduated from my ballet school, I did the audition for Moulin Rouge and mm. I got in, which was... I still think about it and I'm like, how did that happen? Mm, yeah. Uh, so I was actually meant to go to a ballet school in Germany. I was 40 days out from leaving Yeah. when I basically just quit. I am very wow. much someone as soon as I know I want something, like I just will like, not nah, have to change what I'm doing. So as soon as I didn't want to do ballet anymore, I was like, I love performing so much mm. and I love being on stage but it was just not the genre for me. Yeah. And so I ended up at, in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> Casually ended up in Paris. Well, I did wow. a, I did a stint in London before Paris. I did six months there when I was 18. Yeah. And that was my first experience living out of home. Mm. And also that was kind of a break too because I was training still, but I also got to have a break from the full-time hours. Uh, yeah, because suddenly you don't actually have like a full schooling curriculum to yeah. attend to as well. So I think that six months, because I was doing maybe one class a day, mm. that's been the biggest break I've ever had. Wow. Um, because as soon as I was at Moulin Rouge, I was back to 12 shows a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> For just under three years. So it was pretty hectic. Yeah, it seems incredibly hectic. and it does, Yeah, it seems like you've had like an accelerated... Um, amount of experiences in a really short period of time. Uh, yeah. Just a second ago, you mentioned that like when something inside of you goes like, no, nah, this is the new path that I have to take, you drop everything. So you're like, no, nah, it's not Germany anymore. It's Moulin Rouge. It's not ballet anymore. It's this different performance style. Um, is that like something, a gut instinct that you've just become really attuned to over time? Yeah. So my gut instinct definitely came about the more I grew Because when I was in my ballet training, it almost felt like I couldn't leave. Ah, I was at a very strict school, a different school before I went full time. Mm. And we were trained that it was basically ballet or nothing. So it was actually really hard to decide to leave. Mm. But I think once I had made that decision, it gave me the strength throughout my life so far to keep making those decisions because look where it got me. Totally, yeah. And once you do the hard thing once, it's not so yeah, hard. Yeah, so I yeah. did the hard thing and ended up with this 
one of a kind job. Yeah. And not only just a job, my first job ever, I'd never worked a day in my life. <laughs> like I have hadn't done retail anything like because I was just full-time. Yeah, when were you going to fit that I in? When no were you time. supposed to work at fucking Target? Yeah, absolutely no time. Uh, it's quite funny though because like people are shocked by my schedule now because I have a nine-to-five job now mm-hmm. and then I'm doing burlesque shows and I'm teaching yeah. and I'm just like, yeah. But now I have time to like have dinner. <laughs> yeah, now I have dinner with my girlfriend. You know, yeah. I've got time sometimes. <laughs> but yeah. The gut instinct has helped me a lot. It's even just everyday things. And yeah, I ended up with an office job because I was dance teaching full time. Yeah. And it just clicked. I was like, this isn't for me because I was giving so much of my creative energy away. I wanted to be selfish and keep it to myself. No, that's not selfish. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's my calling. I really do love teaching adult Mm -hmm. classes and I'm teaching at Sugar Blue and I do love that. But it was teaching because I was teaching ballet classes again. Yeah. And I realised that kind of took me back to a weird place Ah, because I had quit ballet. Yeah. So I'm trying to share my passion. And I was, you know, I was teaching ballet to two-year-olds, which was really cute. Yes. But I was, it just didn't feel right because I wanted to continue in my genre. So now I get to share my cabaret burlesque and showgirl styles yes. with adult students and what I'm really passionate about. Thinking a little bit more about the gut instinct, was it that instinct that drove you to be like, okay, Paris and Moulin Rouge, we're done now, we're closing Absolutely. this chapter? Was it like just a, a snap thing or was it something that took you a long time to come to terms with? No, I think it was a snap thing too. Mm. Um, once I have made my mind up about something, that gut instinct, as soon as it I comes love, in, <laughs> like as soon as it happens... I'm also a very impatient person. So (laughs) once I had decided that that was it, it felt like I was there for a really long time when I was in the process of leaving. Yeah. And even though it was so amazing, I was just so ready to jump into something new. And because I'd actually been following all the Perth burlesque artists from Paris. So I was stalking everything. (laughs) I was like, this looks so much fun. Um, and also because at Moulin Rouge, I was the shortest dancer there. Wow. So and people say I'm pretty tall. but I mean, I think so, but I've got no bearings on anything. <laughs> <laughs> so if you actually saw me at Moulin Rouge, I looked tiny. Uh, so I was really short. So I couldn't actually really progress further than where I was. So I was oh, okay. in the chorus line. I did manage to get to the topless line, so I did change but I was a swing for both. Okay. Um, I got to do the can-can duo, which was a really big deal. Yeah, massive deal. Um, that was my favourite thing ever, like in the house of can-can to be able to do that. Mm. But once I had achieved those things, I was like, okay, it's either I can stay here forever because I have a permanent contract mm. or change and do something else. And because I felt myself getting a bit complacent as well mm, and okay. I don't like feeling like that. Yeah. And – yeah, I just had all these creative juices running through me and I just needed yeah. to. And you were repeating sh- the same choreography. Yeah, I was numbers. doing the same yeah. show every day. So by the end of my time there, I was like, no, I need to be doing something else. Yeah, fully. Um, just for the novices, including me in the world, is there a reason why you couldn't progress further? Like, Because you mentioned that it's like, I'm short, therefore I can't go past this particular level. Did, can you break that down a little bit for us? Oh, okay, so... 
I can break down the structure of the show. Yeah. So there are 14 dancers in the chorus line and 14 dancers in the topless line. Yeah. And some of the dancers do the topless line as well, so swing around a bit. And then you have two soloists and the top, the soloists are six foot. So, And that's like just the rule. Yeah, they're just that role is a tall role. Oh, okay. And like the costumes as well because they have to fit everyone. So they're all uh. tall and then there are three principal roles. Um, and they are, they call them singers because they, <laughs> they lip sync. In oh. the show with little <laughs> fake microphones. Yep, that's very cute. <laughs> um, I mean, the current show's from 1999, so it's very that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I had a really great time there, but I also knew that I wasn't one of the ones that would get to a principal role. Yeah. And I came to terms with that and I accepted that. Mm. And I knew that I was a good performer because I was there. Totally, yes. Uh, but I also didn't feel seen in the way I wanted to be seen. Um, and I also hadn't come out either. And yeah, okay. I didn't feel super safe coming out there. Yes, that's totally fair. Uh, so when I moved back to Perth, I pretty much came out straight away. Get off the plane and be like, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm back and I'm a lesbian. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it just definitely changed everything. Yeah, thank you for si- like thank you for that sidebar journey because that like makes it so much clearer in my brain. On your return, was it immediately okay? I'm going to jump in and do a bunch of burlesque classes and figure it out there because you'd already been stalking all of the wonderful belly people online. Yes, yeah, so I was in particular stalking Farukasawa. Yes, <laughs> love them. Yeah. Uh, so I signed up to their class. It was hilarious because with Sugar Blue there are different levels mm. and it says that you need to do beginner to progress further. Ah, and yeah. I just emailed Veruca like, oh, I really want to do your class. Uh, do you mind if I just jump on into intermediate? Yeah. I'll just come back from Moulin Rouge. Do you reckon that'd be okay Is or do you okay? want me to do beginner first? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do the prerequisites stand for me or am I special? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm a professional dancer. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, um, jumped into the – class and it was a pride themed class. Love it. So I was surrounded by all these beautiful queer people Mm. and the six weeks were actually really emotional for me. It was during those six weeks I came out and so on stage at the grad show which is the Charles Hotel we had these black cloaks and we ripped them off and we're in rainbow and it was to Gaga's Born This Way. Of course it was. Yeah Yeah, it was really (laughs) really camp and the people that were in that class are still really close friends. Like yeah. in the class was Bobby Apples, Ronnie Rumpunch, oh, all these great people. What a great cast. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Um, but yeah, I only did that I did that one course and then I did one with Betty Bombshell and yes, Icon Legend, yeah. Yeah, Icon Legend did that one. But yeah, I pretty much just straight away was like, I wanna do a solo. And I just applied <laughs> for Red Light Confidential. Yeah. Um and I did it and I think back to it and it's hilarious because I didn't even know how to put pasties on. Oh, really? Yeah. That's like, very funny. <laughs> I just bought these $10 pasties from Hurley Burley, peeled the backing off and stuck them on and hoped for the best. <laughs> and I just whirled. I had tags on my costume, no rhinestones, bit messy. Like I really didn't actually know what I was doing with burlesque. Yeah. I was like, I just really want to dance. Yeah. So since that performance... 
I definitely learned a lot, <laughs> especially being around like Kellyanne Dole and all these really yes. big burlesque people. I was like, okay, Lauren, you've done dancing, but now burlesque is very different. Yeah. So it has been a really big journey for me. Totally. I love that you still went ahead and just did it though. Because there's like that that barrier that sometimes stops people from taking the step from being like in those incredible group numbers and in that little like it's a security blanket, which is there's nothing wrong with a security blanket. Yeah. Um, but like taking that step and being like, it's not going to be the best thing I ever do and that's fine. Yes. I was very confident in my dance ability yeah, and I kind of just wanted to win the crowd that way to be like, hey, this is me. I'm a dancer. Mm. I'm trying my best. <laughs> um, and it was a great show still. Yeah. Just compared to what I'm doing now. I look totally. back and I'm like, yes. whoa, different person. Yeah, and imagine if we were looking back and being like, oh, that was amazing. That was some of the best work I ever did my first gig. That'd be really sad. Yeah. <laughs> for any artist ever, for any artist ever to look back at their like first solo performance yeah. and be like, well, never got any better than that. That would make me really upset. Yeah. <laughs> the brilliance about um, everybody's performance art is the way that we grow. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like I really separate my burlesque in my dance career. Mm. Um, I'm still working every now and then as a professional dancer, but more in shows that are in line with like my values and beliefs. Yeah. Good. So I've actually, that gut instinct have been more firm at turning professional dance gigs down ah. based on, you know, all white casts, yep. uh, body shaming, just things that I haven't seen change yet that yeah. I see progressing in the burlesque scene so mm. well. So I've definitely taken a step back. Yeah, that's, uh, that's incredible. And that's definitely something that um, more people and more artists have been doing recently, which is really, really cool to yeah. see. Um, it's had, like, do you doing stuff like that has definitely had an impact on larger theatre companies and stuff. But I want to just, like, do a quick comparison. It's very interesting to think that, like, you didn't feel – as safe or as protected in Paris in the Moulin Rouge and then within like six weeks of you returning, you're able to like do this incredible act, have this emotional experience and come out. Like that's really cool to go from like unprotected to protected. I, I'm That's so wonderful. It makes me very happy for, for Perth, yeah. honestly. It makes me go like, oh, we do things right. Yeah, no, seriously, Perth does things very right. Yeah. I can't even compare, like the experiences are completely different. Uh both great and mm. both have taught me a lot in different ways and I'm really glad I did Moulin Rouge because that was, you know, my childhood dream to be a professional dancer. Mm. Even though I didn't realise it was not going to be ballet, I always Four said... Four-year-old you would be so sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always said as a child, I was like, I really just want to get a contract before mm. I'm 20. Ooh. I, and that that's also comes from being a trained dancer yes. that is the pressure as well and I was like I really just want to achieve that and then I did achieve it and I was like okay this is great but I'm an attention seeker and I need to be on stage doing solos now <laughs> yeah and surprisingly life continues after after you're 20 exactly yeah. I so saw many amazing things that you needed to still do yeah and I just knew that if I had stayed purely as a professional dancer I probably would have retired a lot earlier Interesting. Just because of like the the strictness or like the creativity needing to come out? I think it's more like the athleticism of it because yeah. uh, it's really physically demanding. Yes, definitely. And because you have to keep up training and all of that. Like I still do those things now but it's on my schedule now yeah. and I do what's right for my body 
if I need a rest, you know, I can say no to things. Yeah. I'm not signed to anything. So it is really good. I can say yes to what I feel comfortable doing. Yeah. I mean, thank you for speaking on that because it's something that in um, – and I'm saying this because I was also in a classical stream because ballet is quite yeah. classical as well, um, obviously. Uh, in these in these worlds that the um, elite wankiness of, of ballet or of opera and all that sort of stuff puts an immense amount of pressure on the people who participate in it to be something beyond human so much of the time. So thank you for like for saying for saying that. That's like because now you get to like okay, Lotta needs this and I will give her this. Yeah, elite wankiness. That's. Yeah, that's very on the money. That's trademark. exactly what it is. <laughs> trademark that. Put it on a T-shirt. <laughs> I wouldn't sell any, but I'd be really happy about it. Well, I would buy it. Yeah, you and me. <laughs> I'll, I'll make two. <laughs> perfect, because we can share that experience. Yeah. It is. It's a hard life. Mm. Um, I'm so glad I did it, though, even though <laughs> I am in therapy now because of a lot of it. <laughs> um, yes. Yes, but yes to therapy. Uh but it also, just in terms of my professionalism, yes, I know how to approach a show, you know, talk to producers, mm. um, get things done in the most professional way I can while still having fun and talking yeah. shit and doing whatever backstage, you know, <laughs> with the cast. Um, but, yeah, it has helped me so much. That's really good. And I think yeah. it has helped me because I, feel, I feel very privileged because I've been booked quite a lot now like it's definitely grown and that I find that so exciting but yeah I think it's definitely that drive that has been grilled into me since I was two years old. Yeah I mean <laughs> wouldn't it be nice if we could take like the lovely lessons from those experiences and like just sort of get rid of all of the the body shaming the narcissism and all of the other crap and just like put that somewhere else yeah like you can teach me professionalism without making me hate myself oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's the other thing is very, it makes you very self-deprecating yeah <laughs> I am very hard on myself yeah aren't we all though yeah it completely. keeps us humble to be fair <laughs> if we walked around like I'm the bee's knees <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if I would have gotten further instead of being like, oh, I don't know if I can do that actually right now in this point. You'd be like, hell yeah, I can do it. And then just panic about actually doing it later. <laughs> I love the hell yeah attitude, but I'm always just like, hell yeah, I can do this. I might be a little nervous about it, mm. but it's all going to be okay. Yes. And not hell yeah, I can do it because I'm the best thing that's walked. Yeah, completely. <laughs> We do end up putting way more pressure on ourselves than we would ever put on other people. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's a balance. <laughs> for sure. Um, all right. We're going to take a super quick ad break um, for all of those amazing sponsors that I would never know who they are. Uh <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now we're back on. How exciting. (laughs) Well, yeah, we're back. We did it. We're back from (laughs) we're back from our little break. Um, And I'm sure I've forgotten exactly what I thought I was going to ask you. Um, no, it's gone. So let's talk about whatever we want. <laughs> um, let's talk about local, um, local arts in Perth now that you're like submerged underneath all of the water that is here. Tell me, talk to me a little bit about like what you've been involved in here and what you love about the Perth scene. Okay. So before I went overseas, so it was only a couple months when I was 18, I went to Connections all the time mm-hmm. to watch the drag shows. Ooh. Like sometimes I would rock up on my own, wait in line and like go in just for the 1am show, <laughs> watch it and then leave. I was so obsessed with drag. I still am obsessed with drag. That's guts. I would like, it took me a long time to be able to take myself to anything. <laughs> well, I'm really dates. good friends with Barbie. Ah, uh, okay. So I would go to the show and sometimes Barbie would like take me backstage Oh, it was really cute. Really sweet. Yeah, little little straight girl quotation oh, marks. Oh wow! Yeah, if you can't, if you can't see them, the can't see. I'm doing the quotation marks. marks. And yeah, Barbie was super sweet to me. So that was kind of my introduction to what was going on in the Perth art scene. Yeah, just touched on it. I didn't realize how big it was until I moved back to Perth. Yeah. Uh, so there were a few months where I wasn't working when I moved back, and I went to Drag Factory every week. You know, I went to Dragathon, I went to all the drag shows and then I started seeing burlesque shows and I was like, oh my God, that's um, incredible. So what made you start like following them all online from overseas? Like, because you were saying that you were like stalking all the burly girls <laughs> before you came back. I think because, uh, well, Sugar De Jour ended up in Paris at one point yep. and Barbie was saying, oh, you two need to meet. Sugar would laugh at this if she heard this because we <laughs> well, spoke. Well, she's a her. subscriber now because when I had her oh, on the good. podcast, she was like, I did my research. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. I've listened to a few. Oh, yeah. Um, so Barbie put us in touch. She was like, you two should meet. Ah. Um, I was too nervous and so was Sugar. <laughs> so we didn't actually meet in Paris. When I came back to Perth, she was judging Crown of the Court. Yeah. And I went up to her and I was like, oh, I'm Lotta. <laughs> I was the one in Paris. And she was like, oh, no way. <laughs> I was there. Um, so, yeah, I think it was from seeing her profile on Instagram. I yeah. kind of found everyone else and I just followed more and more people. a good way people. to get in through Shug. Yeah. It's so a great I, pathway. <laughs> and because we worked together for a little bit. Mm. Um but yeah, so I found everyone, started going to the burlesque shows and then just introducing myself to people. Uh, at the grad show, I met more people. And yeah, then it kind of, it's all a blur, to be honest. I just suddenly was right in the middle of it all. <laughs> Everyone's like, ah, oh, Lotta LaFoot, there she is again. That's why <laughs> Wait, where did that come from? (laughs) I don't even know. Honestly, if you hear people talking about me, it's Lottola something else every day. Ah, okay. Lottola leg, Lottola foot, Lottola zebra. 
Okay. Lola can, can, Lola, Lola shut up. Like it's literally <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Um, but yeah, anyways, what we're saying, the Perth art scene. Um, I think through drag, yeah, found burlesque, uh, found circus, like seeing mm. different circus artists. It was definitely fringe 2020 that I was kind of exposed to everything. Yeah. I went to a lot of shows that year because I – was only in two at that time. Yeah. So, and they were only a couple nights. So, that was when I really got to wave that everyone. artist pass around when it meant something and like get into yes, all the shows. I yeah. was so excited with my artist pass. Like, yeah. Oh my God, I'm in French. Running around from like tent to tent to tent, just yeah. being like, I've got this. I know it's a Tuesday night. So, I'm in. I'm in. It was exactly that. And I took my mum to everything as well because yes. that was when I was still living with her. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we went to see everything together. And I was simply overwhelmed by the level of talent here mm. because I knew Perth was talented because I came from here. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's the best. That's going to be your quote, Tyler. You wait. I know I'm good. So it oh, must be I okay. came from Perth, so it must be pretty good. Um, <laughs> no, I was honestly so overwhelmed and I was just so excited that I was now a part of this community. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't believe it. And I go to shows as much as I can when I'm not in them. And if I'm well rested, <laughs> if not, it's me stalking all the Instagram stories of pretty much any show. Yeah. Um, and it's just been so great because, well, since COVID, it's amazing seeing more burlesque shows. I've noticed mm. we're definitely producing more burlesque shows, more drag shows. I feel like more stuff is happening outside of Fringe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been absolutely incredible. Everyone is so talented and I can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't handle it. We need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> we need to stop. We're all too good. <laughs> I think we, we became kind of a little pressure cooker during COVID because we couldn't get out anymore. We couldn't leave. Oh, absolutely. I felt that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was wild because there you know there was a period of time where we didn't have any interstate international artists coming in, but yeah. it really really did highlight like that, that. Yeah, we we almost didn't need it. Like it's amazing yes. having these artists come over, and yeah. it's so great to experience that. But I was also like, I'm so fulfilled seeing everyone here, mm. and it's almost more emotional and beautiful seeing our local talent. Yeah, actually get Absolutely an opportunity. To, yeah, they finally had a, a chance and, and a proper platform on real stages to flourish yeah. where they where they got paid and it's like tick, 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 tick. Yeah. And we started ticking all of those boxes, which is really, really cool. It's like, um, I think I've said it before, it's probably like one of my, if I had to have a favourite thing about COVID, <laughs> which is like a weird <laughs> sentence to say, my favourite part about the illness that killed hundreds of thousands is that... <laughs> Is that WA Arts had a real nice <laughs> My favourite part of lockdown was I had break. <laughs> I got there to sit go. down. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to find the positives, don't you? Yeah, at some point. Yeah, totally. So yeah. being like this like passionate advocate for local arts and like all the amazing local talent, what can we do better, do you think, locally? So like you said, with the pressure cooker. Yeah. Because we are, it's been very insulated with COVID. Mm. Um, one thing I do say that we can do better is we need to put less pressure on each other because I do find we all know we're also talented. Mm. But 
it can get very competitive too. Ah, interesting. I have like noticed and I think that is because we haven't had the other artists coming in. Yeah. And because, you know, it's such a small town and so much talent and only so many shows with so many spots within the shows. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That's No, that's really interesting. Um, Do you mean like competition in the sense of like the competitions that are pre-existing, like Apprentice and Mixed Burlesque and stuff? Do you mean like institutionalised competitions like that or do you mean just like backstage amongst each other? Oh, I don't I don't mean the big competitions because yeah. they're a great platform. Totally, yeah. And I did Apprentice and it excelled my career. Like yeah. after I did that, I got booked a lot more. So I think those level of competitions are great. Yeah, it's more just like backstage is definitely more of a competitiveness. Mm. But it's still really fun and we're all still really supportive. Yeah, But I course. think people, it's more just like it comes from a place of, you know, feeling a lot of pressure and especially with COVID and when we're in lockdown and all you do is doom scroll and see what everyone else is yes, doing. Totally. You feel so much pressure because you're like, oh, my gosh, this person's doing this and this. It's that question of am I doing enough? Mm, yes, even though somewhere in logical brain, which is long gone, left us by then, you know that all of that's just like fake crap that we've like scheduled weeks in advance. Yeah. yeah. So it's not – it's more just like individually – I think we all need to relieve a bit of pressure on mm. ourselves because we are all still doing – we're doing so great in a pandemic. Yeah. Like we're still performing. We may not necessarily be thriving all the time. <laughs> I know I'd have times where I'm not, absolutely not thriving at all and I'm just at home like, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think we just need to relieve a bit of that pressure and remember why we're doing this. Mm, completely. Because – at the end of the day, this is all super, super fun mm. and we get to share our art and it's super exciting and it's so much fun watching everyone else. I think maybe that's what we could improve on is just taking it a little less seriously Yeah, and focusing more on the fun of it sometimes. Probably in the development of new acts and stuff as well because, like, when you're in that pressure cooker environment, yeah. once you've, like choreographed and created and, and like costumed and figured out this amazing act that you love lots and lots and lots you can do it like what three times in Perth and then like well I guess that goes in the bin now because everybody's, oh, seen, everyone's it. seen it that is yeah. that is so true which would amp up so, that pressure yeah so that was also going back to the gut feeling do that it. was also a whole other journey I went on really recently mm. where that whole like competitive which for me, being competitive, that comes from dance training. And I logically know I'm like, this is dumb. Yeah, but logic brain left us. Logic brain left. And, you know, I still want to achieve all the things I want to achieve. But I definitely felt that I was putting too much pressure on myself and moving mm. too fast. And yeah. I was trying to shit out all these acts out of nowhere. <laughs> and I, <laughs> that's a really graphic way I to say lo- it. I really love it because it's just like forced and like not okay. And the way you said the word shit, just like, oh, my God, so descriptive. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. I'm just having a time. Yeah, a lot of loud mouth. Uh, <laughs> so, I yeah, I just felt like I was seeing what everyone was doing and I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to do this. I need to be doing this by next month. I need to have this act done. And then I just sat back and I was like, well, actually, I've just made this zebra act, which Mm. I'm really proud of and I got to do it in such an important show. 
I was like, I'll I don't. plug the show real quick. There's the Menagerie, yeah? Oh, Menagerie. Frankie Patel's Menagerie. Yeah, supporting a really important show. Sex workers. It's really important. So I created that act and it got such good feedback that I was like, I'm actually going to relieve pressure off myself and milk the shit out of it. Completely. My whole Instagram feed is just stripes, just all zebra. <laughs> just every photo, I'm like, zebra this, zebra that. Um, but it definitely relieved a lot of stress because mm. it's given and it's also given me more room in my brain to be creative and to take a slower process. Yes, yeah. To do a new act. Because I definitely was like, oh, oh my gosh, I need to be have five new acts. And that is, I find, more of a thing in Perth, like you said. Yeah. Because once you've performed it, everyone's seen it. Yes, yeah. So there is that pressure to create more yeah and, and maybe maybe it, the idea that everyone's seen it maybe we need to like rethink that a little bit too because when we say like when we say those phrases and I'm the one who said it so this is fully on me <laughs> um when we say that everyone's seen it we mean other performers have seen it we don't yeah. mean audiences because if we thought about like the amazing like the crowds that have seen your zebra act yes a bunch of performers have seen it maybe some performers have seen it twice which is really cool like go out and support each other and love that stuff. But audiences in terms of like the population of Perth, only a very, very small percentage of those people have seen it. Yeah, for sure. I We get so consumed in our own community. We'd be mm. like, forget that the audience is not all performers. Yes. <laughs> so we're like, everyone has seen it. And it's like, no, it's just the people you work with have seen it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I really love that act and I'll – keep performing it as much as I can. Totally, yeah. And because creating acts is expensive. Thank you. Thank it's you for so saying expensive. that as well. Because even if you're like doing it as cheaply as possible, if you're thinking you've got to create five or ten every bloody year, that's not, <laughs> you're not going to be in an okay place. Yeah, so I even, you know, mixed burlesque just happened. Mm. And I was like, wow, this competition is amazing. And for so long, I was saying 2023 is a year I'm going to do it, but I'm probably not even going to do it next year because, you know, I'm going on a big holiday this year. It's yep. like I don't want to put that financial pressure on myself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just think we all need to take our time and everyone has their own process. Maybe yes. for some people it might be easy to, you know, think of new concepts straight away. People can sew. I can't sew anything. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. I cannot make anything myself. And I'm a teacher at Sugar Blue. And the first thing my students ask me is, oh, how should I do this costume? I'm like, um, you should pay someone else to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Support your local business. Yeah, totally. Like, so this isn't the most accessible solution, but um, money, because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm a wizard with a stapler, but... <laughs> The problem the with that is you see the little silver lines everywhere. Yeah. I think that's why I slowed down too because I had a look at it and I was like, I, I do pay other people to make my costumes. Mm. That is more expensive. Yep. So I have plans for a new act. I've talked about it a little bit, but I it's not going to be debuted till after Fringe. Yeah. So for everyone listening, you can expect Zebra for the whole of 2022. Why not? 2020 year of the Zebra. <laughs> year of the Zebra. <laughs> well, actually, and because this year I have noticed has been a more collaborative year. Like I'm doing more production mm. shows. So it's more rehearsals, group choreography, 
more so I've been booked more for productions than I have for nice. solo gigs. Yeah. Um, which has been a really cool journey as well. So, which is interesting because you were just talking about like collaborative arts and stuff, and that's like a big a big part of it is moving interchangeably between like these solo moments where it is all about you for five minutes and these production numbers where it's like it's about you for like two minutes here and three seconds there and it's done. Yeah for sure so even Menagerie I had my solo in it Mm. but I was you know in group numbers I was working as a dancer again yeah um and I got to do a bit of choreo I choreographed the can-can in Menagerie with Frankie so like and she's one of my bestest friends ever um, I'm her bridesmaid. Like we're obsessed with each other. So good. Um, so we got to like work together more. Um, I work with Tootsie Roll a lot. We do a lot of choreo together. Um, well, actually, our last number, he did it all. So I was <laughs> like, I can't think of anything. We're gonna do a duo. Can you make it Can up? You figure please? it out. For me. <laughs> That's so good. Because he's so fast at it as well. We did it in twenty minutes. I was what? like, perfect. And then we performed it and it was so good. <laughs> jaw. Jaw on the floor. i got to like close myself Yeah, that's myself what I mean. So everyone, everyone has such a different process. Yeah. He's really, he's so good. That's he's amazing. really fast. That's nuts because I saw that. Was that schools out? Schools in? Schools oh, Roll Call. Down. That was roll a different, call. that's a different show. So we did As If Party at Oh, okay. So the Lucy's one that, that he choreographed was for As If? Yeah. Um. And so, but now we're working together in Roll Call. Yeah. Which is Barbie's choreo. So yeah, now I'm in this production doing a lot of the 1am shows at Connections. What a Living, full circle moment. Literally full circle because I'm in Roll Call 3, graduation. The first ever show I saw at Connections was the first Roll Call. So they wow. did the high school show. I sat front row, was the biggest woo girl of them all. <laughs> like I sent Barbie all these videos because I would film everything and Barbie would message me like, Lotta, I can't hear the music. Or anything would do it. All I hear is you screaming on the video. <laughs> I can't get my cues. Yeah. <laughs> it's just me sounding like a pterodactyl, just obsessed. But, yeah, so I watched that show and I was like, oh, that would be really cool if I could do that one day. It's seven years later. Wow. We're in Roll Call 3 and I'm working with some of my favourite artists. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. I love that. love a little full circle moment know, like that. So That's cute. so sweet. Um, okay, I've got one final question because of your incredible experiences. What advice would you give uh, to baby burlies or baby dancers who are trying to figure out what their next step should be locally? Okay, so I have given this advice to a few of my burlesque students. I encourage that they try as many different classes as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really easy to, you know, do classes with a particular teacher and you can get really comfortable with them and that's great. I have students that come back to my classes every time and I love that relationship but it's really great. I've seen some of my students since I'm currently on a break from teaching branch out and try other people's classes and because every teacher in burlesque, in drag, in circus, in whatever, everyone has a different experience to share and different advice So I'm always encouraging baby burlesque artists to try all these different classes, go to all the workshops. I still do workshops myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm always furthering my training. Um, Also try other dance styles too. Oh, yeah, important. I was just saying this the other day. I was talking about dancing and no, you do not have to be a professional dancer at Mm. all to be a burlesque artist. 
uh, we see so many burlesque artists that have, you know, done the burlesque courses and learnt the history and learnt the teas and have made it big time. Yeah. Like we all have different journeys to get to burlesque. Mine just happened to be through dance. But, yeah, I think it is – and this maybe is biased coming from a dancer's point of view, but I do think <laughs> it's really good to try other dance classes because it opens your mind to choreography. Yeah. Uh, you learn different ways of moving. Um, and so – when it comes to you're putting together a new act, you have all these different experiences. You've learned all this different type of choreo way of moving and then you can find through that your own style. Yes, definitely. And then when you're on your own and you've got to choreograph something by yourself, you've got so many beautiful references to pull from. Yeah, for sure. So I'm really grateful that throughout my life, you know, I've done ballet, contemporary mm jazz like I've and I've even dabbled in I studied dance history so I've even tried like multiple different dance styles Mm. and learned from some incredible people that when it comes to choreographing an act now I've just got this range of movement but that's even that's just movement it's important as well to go and see all the shows (laughs) yes see all the different types of artists because who knows it might give you like costume inspiration Mm. or makeup inspiration and you might find your character through seeing all these different shows for example my character like Lotta L'Amour was really based on the crazy horse in Paris ah yes yeah I'm completely obsessed (laughs) with that show yeah literally cut my hair into a bob after watching it because it was the hairstyle in the show um and you know went with a French name and even though my acts now like I'm doing different stuff to what is in that show it like kind of helped me create my character and where I wanted to go with it and then I saw all these drag shows and I was like okay I'm gonna be more dramatic now mm. and yeah I just think you need to see everything experience everything <laughs> Do some sewing classes. (laughs) (laughs) Which you can see from the other side of it being like, it will save you money later, trust me. I'm telling you, as someone who has forked out a lot of money on costumes, learn how to sew. (laughs) But also support small businesses. (laughs) So, yeah, there is so much – there's so much different stuff you can do. Um, And watch all the videos on YouTube as well. Yeah. Stalk Call it research and go down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Stalk everyone on Instagram. <laughs> See what everyone's doing. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to doom scroll, why not doom scroll through like one of the most positive communities that there is in, in yeah. burlesque and dance rather than just doom scrolling through a hatred spiral? Honestly, and like look at all everyone's doing and you have to look at it in a way. I always say this to students as well. You are completely on your own journey. And if you see comparison is the hardest thing with social media. I won't go down that hole because that's a whole <laughs> that's a whole other thing. I could talk about it for Art a really two, long time. With a lot of Lamour. Yeah, <laughs> the rabbit media, hole. Yeah. The rabbit hole. <laughs> um But yeah, we're all completely on our own journey and we're all gonna progress at different times and everyone's gonna have their moment. Yes, totally. Yeah, and there is although we are we're smaller or we're isolated or we're a pressure cooker or all of the things that we've said today that might be considered a negative, that doesn't mean there isn't space for you. 
there's space for everyone. Totally, yeah. Um, I love that. You're a message of just like keep learning, learn and learn and learn and learn keep forever. Learning. Learn I'm forever. professional, but I will keep learning yes, forever. Totally. Um, that's going to be where we have to leave it today, unfortunately. But, you know, keep your eye out. We'll do a social media deep dive. That's really piqued my interest. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everybody where they can find you on the social medias. Uh, my Instagram is at Lotta Lamore, Um, And that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it. TikTok. And I don't have Snapchat. It's all right, neither. Uh, I do have a Facebook page, but I don't post on it. So just follow my Instagram. All right, you'll find that link in the show <laughs> notes today for you to follow Lotta. And it, once you're on there, I'm sure you'll find out where she's performing and teaching when that eventually comes back for you too. Yes. Yeah, sure. all right. Well, that was incredible. You're amazing. Thank you so much for being on WA Expose. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for having me. WA Expose is an independent production. Our artwork was created by Georgia Sassenfeld and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M. Burrows. You can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlett.com forward slash WA Expose. Four-year-old me is like, what are you doing? You're taking your clothes off. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.